Well, I can't say it enough. Merry Christmas. And that sounded a lot like a bah humbug, so let's try it again. Merry Christmas. That's how we do it in San Marino style. So uh, what do you think Christmas looks like? Does this look like Christmas a little bit? We started to talk about what Christmas would look like about six months, nine months ago. What would it look like? How, could it, how would it look if we really wanted to look like Christmas? Now, there's Christmas colors. Does anybody know what Christmas colors are? Give, give me a shout out if you know what Christmas color is. Red and green, yep, those are Christmas colors. Uh, are there uh, Christmas, uh, Christmas songs? Uh, shout out as a Christmas song that, just that you're thinking about. Hippopotamus for Christmas. Hippopotamus for Christmas, uh, okay, that is a good one. What? Jingle, Jingle bells. bells, there's sounds of Christmas. Uh, what, about, uh, what about things that you do? How many of you have been on a ladder putting up Christmas decorations this season? Anyone up on a ladder? Only a few people. How many people decorated a Christmas tree this season? You decorated a Christmas tree. And uh, how many people uh, wish that someone else had come and decorate the Christmas tree for them? Only a few people. The rest really liked it. That's good. What about Christmas smells? Can you think of some Christmas smells? Gingerbread. Gingerbread. That's a good one. Pine needles. Yes. Cranberries. Cranberries. (laughs) The smell of wrapping paper. That's really good. I like that. That's good. It's not a very good smell. I know what you mean, though. (laughs) Yeah, there's this, this preconceived idea of what uh, Christmas is going to look like. And, and we try every year to live into this idea of Christmas. And all, you hear all these people say, I just don't feel like I'm in the Christmas spirit because they have this idea of how they have to, how they, how they have to feel even at Christmas, not alone how they have to look. And so my wife and I, uh, we kind of bought into this idea of what Christmas should look like. And so we had this idea that we should take a Christmas picture. I mean, our kids are all pre-K and under, super cute, right? So if they're smiling at the same time. And so we went and hired a professional photographer on like the coldest day of the year. And uh, our youngest son, who's a year and a half, had just w- waken up from a nap and it was cold. So that's not a good combination. And our uh, middle child, she does, she eats, we try to get her to eat, but I don't even know, I mean, she, she's still alive, so she must be eating, but, so she doesn't have a lot of meat on her bones, so she's cold all the time, let alone on a cold day, so she was trying to look happy, but she just looked cold all the time. And then uh, our oldest daughter, she just did her best to try to rally the troops. She's just a real trooper. And so uh, we went to the park with this professional photographer. And uh, the photographer noticed that we were cranky, and especially the girls were doing okay, but our one-and-a-half-year-old was having a hard time faking being happy. And so she had this idea. We would all stand in a line. This would be perfect. She had this, she'd seen this in a magazine. We'd all stand in a line, and then the cranky kid, we would just swing him because all kids smile when they, you know, little, even little babies, like they're angry, you just swing them, and they just start to giggle. So she had this idea, and so this is what the first picture looked like of the photo shoot. I had like, I love him. I really do. It just, he slipped right out of my hand. I couldn't believe it. And I love that my wife is still just champion. She's just smiling through it. She's like, this could be a good picture, I tell you. So that was slightly embarrassing, but broke the ice, made us feel a little more comfortable for the photographer. But they were still really cranky. And you can see the middle child. She's, and this is the next picture that they thought. She said, why don't you have them slow down with these pictures? So, so why, don't you have them, uh, why don't you have them all climb up on top of your head and they'll all be really happy. And this is what it'll look like. <laughs> it doesn't get better, by the way. I just want to brace you for this. So the next picture, she had seen this before. Um, Not yet, not yet. Oh, well, there you go. The next picture, she had seen this before, a couple, just beautiful couple standing in front with their kids hanging out in the background. You know what I'm talking about. And so this is what she ended up taking the picture of. 
Mom and dad in the front, totally oblivious to the chaos and madness that is going on around them. But you could crop that and get a pretty good picture of us, I guess. And so we went home. We had this idea that we would Facebook this, but you can put it away. And by the way, he's okay. Half the room is horrified and half the room is, uh, think it's really funny, but he's completely fine. But we, you think it's funny? Thank you. Uh, <laughs> and uh, we went home and we thought, we don't have the Facebook, you know, the picture to share on Facebook so that everyone could, you know, I mean, like if they saw our family, how beautiful they are, maybe they'd like believe in Jesus right away, you know? <laughs> and so what we did is uh, we stopped and we thought, maybe we should share this on Facebook. And so we shared it on Facebook. We thought, this is the real picture of who we really are. And maybe we, other people would at least get a laugh out of it. And I kid you not, by the end of 12 hours, two, it was some blogger had posted it, and 200,000 people had seen this in 12 hours. <laughs> and it, and I, I'm convinced it's going to become a meme or something. It'll just have the little, he'll be, sub, he'll be substituted by other things. But you know, what is, how powerful it is if we just share who we really are with other people. And if we're really honest about Christmas season, uh, we try to make it look like everything's perfect in our families and every, everything is great all the time. And, and the best thing that we can do is come to recognize that we are broken and that our families are just this complete mess. And the, the Christmas story that we've had, the, the one that's been gift wrapped and packaged and marketed, that's really not the Christmas story that we just read in, in the... Um, in the Bible. <laughs> and actually, it's, it's kind of strange. We read it to this, this crescendo music. You know, I, I've always wondered what it'd be like to have a soundtrack to my life. And trust me, everything would be so much better. But we just read it to this crescendo music. This lifts the soul when you hear about them visiting this baby in this manger. But you know, that's not what Mary really felt at the time. There's no way. I mean, she, her ideal, her ideal kind of, uh, moment was not that one. Uh, and I'm sure that this, this was one of the toughest moments of her life. Uh, nine months pregnant, she's not feeling good. Can I get an amen from the women in the house? Uh, uh, okay. Having baby in a manger, can I get another amen from one woman who thinks this is, this is not the best, best situation. And, and Joseph clearly didn't have the idea that his, his firstborn child, let alone his firstborn son, would be, would be this situation where they don't even have a place to stay, so they have to have the baby inside of a, a barn. And I'm sure the shepherds didn't feel like their life was turning out the way that they wanted it to turn out. They were living in a field. They weren't just in a field watching their field, sheep by night. They lived in fields. They didn't have homes. So they followed sheep, and the sheep were given to people who needed them for sacrifices or whatever, but they were the people behind the scenes, the unthanked the unrewarded, the people who felt like their life just wasn't really what they wanted it to be. And so when you dust off all of the Christmas story, you really get this beautiful picture only when you step back from it. But when you're in it, you realize that it's really painful. And it's, it's a lot of struggle. And it's tough and it's gritty. And it's not what anybody would ever have wanted for the Christmas story. I imagine that it only took, maybe at the end of her life, Mary looked back on that moment and realized all that God was doing in and through her at the time. Think about your life right now and the ways that you're experiencing the less than ideal. I mean, what is it that keeps you from getting into the quote-unquote Christmas spirit? Is it, 
Or maybe it's just the fact that other people aren't in the Christmas spirit that just drives you crazy. Maybe you're in a place where you don't even know if you believe in God at all right now. And you're in a place full of people who seem to be just so faithful and so sure in their faith. And, it's, and you just wonder why you can't have that kind of faith like the person next to you. And maybe you believed in God at one point, but you just wish that you, you, you just feel like out of place in some way. You know, I think those shepherds weren't living their ideal form of life. But I believe that God put them in that field for a reason in that dry, difficult place in their life. I believe that God shaped the story of Mary and Joseph and that they had that baby in that manger for a reason. And it was, and it had purpose and it had meaning behind it. And they couldn't see it up close. You know, the amazing thing to me about this story as I read it is that Mary really didn't know a lot about Jesus. And Joseph didn't know a lot about Jesus. And neither did the shepherds. But they grew to know Jesus. They, they discovered who Jesus was as they watched him grow and watched him move and watched him act in the world. And so today, I would just entreat you, you don't have to know a lot about Jesus to, to celebrate Christmas, to really experience. And you actually don't even have to be in a shiny, happy people moment of your life. In fact, if you're experiencing pain right now, you may be aligning yourself and identifying with the shepherd. And actually, I think that the story really speaks to the shepherd in each one of us, the person who's on the outside of society or in some way or other that just feels so different, yet, yet we're included in the most important thing that God has ever done in the history of the universe. And, and, and by the way, I would tell you the one thing to that you should just consider today, if you only know a little bit about Jesus, is to learn more. And if you take no action, I can guarantee you if, you, if you have never talked about Jesus again and you never go to church again or you never ask questions about Jesus or even open up and say, hey, you know what, I'm having struggles with my faith, then, then you probably won't ever learn more about Jesus. And you're consigning yourself to that. But it sure is an amazing experience to step forward in faith Faith is the hope of things not seen. C.S. Lewis looked at the little candle on Christmas. Do you know C.S. Lewis is? He wrote, he wrote the Narnia Chronicles. He's actually a really good theologian. He, he's the guy who came up with Aslan. You know who Aslan is? Yeah, he was a dreamer. He looked at the candle on Christmas Eve and he looked into the manger and he thought about those shepherds visiting Jesus on that first day. And he said that when the shepherds looked into that manger and they saw that, just that little spark of life, that they were looking at a baby, a light that was actually bigger than the entire world itself. I love that we have this opportunity now to have this conversation with God, to listen to God's heart speaking to our hearts, a heart-to-heart conversation with God. And really, in, in all of Scripture, if you, if you look at the very beginning of Scripture, it's Moses encountering God. And what, is, what does Moses discover? He discovers who he is, and he hears God say this great big words, I am. Moses says, what is your name? I am. The whole journey of faith is really about discovering who we are, which is really not 
who we claim to be a lot of the time when we post those perfect pictures of our family or we, or we strut around or we say that we are one thing and we're not. So it's really about discovering who we're not, not all that, which is okay. There's health in that, real health. Even though it doesn't feel like that's the path to health, but that's health. And then discovering who God is. That though God is perfect, God doesn't separate our, his, himself from us. That God enters into our story and lavishes us with grace. Invitations all around us to look at sunsets and enjoy conversations with God and to experience a technicolor. Boy, technicolor is really old. How about virtual reality? <laughs> a virtual reality journey with God where everything comes to life and we start to discover new things about ourselves and about the love of God. So in a minute, we're going to have, I'm going to actually invite the band up now, along with Jennifer Miller, who's going to sing a song that is beautiful. It's called Holy Night. Oh, Holy Night. The stars are brightly shining. And the interesting thing is that tonight is not holy because it's a calendar date. Actually, every night is holy. What makes it a holy night, well, every, is when we discover God's holiness. And we have that conversation and we recognize the beauty of who God is and the love of God that is there ready for the taking all the time. And that God uses our story, no matter where we're at, to bring about God's glory. And so in a few minutes, you're going to have an opportunity to light your candle. We're going to fill up this whole entire room with light and recognize that God will step into your darkness if you just let him, invite him in. He's there. He's ready for for you to receive. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we, we celebrate this birth, this big explosion of love and life in the midst of our dark nights. We pray that we would be aware of you and your love as we are in the fields we are in the less than ideal situations and we, and we apologize for kind of trying to make ourselves look perfect all the time and show that to the world. We pray that you would, uh, you would reflect your love against our brokenness so that, so that we could, by some miracle, be your ambassadors of love and light in this world. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen.